Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Wednesday, October 6th. We have finished up week four. We're moving into week five of the NFL. We've got a great game on tomorrow night. The Los Angeles Rams versus the Seattle Seahawks. I actually think most of the Thursday games have been pretty good. I don't, I don't think there's really been a well, not last week. game. That isn't like super horrible. I don't know. Maybe I didn't watch a lot of this. Jaguars and Bengals. Oh, but the Jaguars played pretty good for the first, like, I felt like most of the game. Yeah. But it wasn't like a great game, but like it was competitive, close. That's what we want, right? Like we want it to be, we we don't want it to be like 45 to 10 at halftime, but like, well, I mean, hey, there's been some really good college games on Thursday. So I've been switching back and forth, but we do have what looks to be a very good game on. Matt and myself will obviously go over all of our rankings as well, our top 12 at each position for week five as well, as we always do. Before we jump into that, though, Matt, how are you doing on this absolutely, you know, it's a gorgeous Wednesday. If only Texas could just stay, like, I'm going to complain for one second. I promise we'll move on. I feel like I complain about Texas weather a lot, but I wake up, it's like 60 degrees in the morning. It's beautiful. You love being outside. You're like, man, isn't this amazing? And then by like 11 o'clock, it's 90 effing degrees again. And it just makes me want to like, you know, I was going to say smack babies, but that's really mean. Just like, just, just, just hit somebody. Get some aggression out. It's very, very frustrating. I have to tell you, though, you start slapping babies, you're never going to get elected to Congress. You're supposed to kiss the babies. Is that what you're supposed to do? Makes a lot of sense why those moms are getting kind of mad. I feel like this is taking a bad turn. We probably shouldn't continue on this room. We're just, I love babies. I love them. They're adorable. Go ahead. I'm not sure that made it any better. Uh, <laughs> this has been a really bad start, and it's live, so I can't edit that. Either. Yeah. Well, you know, at least there's been some, you know, for week five of the NFL season, I feel like we've gotten some pretty big player news. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we got some very interesting things which we can definitely we will dump, dump, jump into. Wow, this has just been a great, great start to today's episode. If you can't tell, I'm a little under the weather, and I just it's Wednesday. Right You're feeling it. Be. It is, and it's not. We're not even till Friday yet, and then I got all. It's, it's just ridiculous. But if the bosses over at the fantasy 
Fantasy Football Roundtable, the Pigskin Podcast Network. <laughs> Hopefully don't listen to the beginning of the show and kick us out. We will still be a part of that beautiful network uh, moving forward. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter. You can also search the hashtag TPPN. Uh, everybody tags that as they go live. We've got fantasy football, regular football, baseball, soccer. It's a great network to be a part of. They've got a ton of great stuff. They were just talking about uh, the Yankees-Red Sox game on one of their shows earlier today that I was listening to. I wish I could remember the name. Should have written it down. I apologize about that. But you can go search on there. They've got a ton of great uh, shows on that network. We are proud to be a part of them. Matt, let's talk about some of that news because there has been three kind of big things that have happened before, obviously, uh, Week 5 really kicks off tomorrow night. The big one. Justin Fields has been permanently named the starter for the Chicago Bears. We've kind of expected that. You know, we talked a lot about this on Monday's episode. It felt like uh, Matt Nagy letting Laser call the plays and then really probably going to end up sticking with Fields. We thought was more of him showing, hey, like he does kind of want to stay as as Chicago's head coach. Kind of your thoughts on on Fields becoming the full-time starter, I would assume outside of any injury now for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, he felt like week four was probably going to be the pivotal week because if they would have made some kind of decision going forward, you know, if Andy's totally healthy, he probably comes in and starts that week four. Fields didn't look great in week three. Nothing about their offense looked good in week three. Um, we had talked about once he got in there, as long as he looked good, it didn't make sense to then pull him back out. Week three would have been an, an excuse to maybe let that happen. Week four, he looked good. They came out and won. I don't think there's any going back. Yeah, I think the uh, – and I, I want to say we talked a lot about it on Monday's episode as well. Looking better last week I think has really helped Fields in keeping this job because we can all admit he did not look great against Cleveland in his first start, but he looked better. We saw him connect with Mooney on a couple deep targets. You know, he's the guy we talked – I, I want to say it was either – I think, I think we talked a little bit about it yesterday too. Yeah. Like he was everybody's sleeper wide receiver. We finally got to see that connection a little bit last week with him and Fields that we are all hoping for. So I do think that continues to move forward. Um don't have it very high in my rankings. I'm curious to see where, yeah. where you have them. I doubt I'm he's at in 25. Okay, 25 yeah, so right now. I, I say we probably there's going to be growing him, pains. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it would have been the same though with with Andy Dalton. This offense, I think, is going to have some growing pains with um, David Montgomery out anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I've I've got him at twenty two, so I'm not far off from you. I've I've yeah, I will say well, no, I'll save it, but I probably have a surprising player in the top twelve, and it's because I don't. I bet really I do too. Learn my lesson very well. So okay, well maybe, maybe somebody we somebody have. served me Kool Aid this week today. I think <laughs> uh, the Patriots. So. Earlier this morning, it was reported that they were going to cut Stephon Gilmore. Then they end up trading him for a sixth-round pick to the Panthers, which is just a... Sixth round in 2023. It's not even this year. I mean, that is just ridiculous value for the Panthers. If he, Even if he can only... Even if he's he's dealing with the injured quad, I believe is what he tore. Yeah, he was correctly. on pup, so I don't think he's actually eligible to play this week. Unless no, changing I, teams changes that. What they were talking about on SiriusXM was saying that he he himself was saying that he still feels like he's a week or two away from being fully healthy. So, yeah. and I think that probably lines up with because I think Pup is through six weeks. Or yeah, eight you, weeks. You, you usually you know. when you start out on Pup, you have to be out for six weeks. You're eligible okay. to come back week seven. 
So he will be coming back, not for a couple more weeks, but still, even if he only returns to being, say, 50% of the player he was with the Patriots beforehand, they're getting one of the best cornerbacks in the league for a sixth-round pick. Like, I was hoping... Did you hear a little bit about why it reversed being a trade? I would assume because of once it was announced that he was going to get cut, he was getting like everybody calling him to say, hey, we want you to come play for us. Well, and there was somebody, I don't know whether this is substantiated or not, that put uh, that they reversed and and did the trade to block him from going to Tampa Bay. I don't know if that he would have gone to Tampa. Maybe I felt like he. Well, Tampa, Tampa Bay is Tampa a contender, had so all their corners eradicated too. I mean, there. If you're talking about a contender, that's screwed in the secondary. I mean, Carolina made a trade last week for yeah. Henderson, so they have at least addressed something to the position. Tampa Bay has continued to lose players in the secondary and to be thin, it would have made some sense that they try to go there. And he has that relationship with Brady, but uh, either way it's Panthers defense has started out really good when he comes available. Now you have him, you have Henderson. That's a pretty good group. Even with JC Horn, probably on the shelf with that broken foot. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't lie. When I saw that it was, it became a trade. I was kind of, I was hoping the Browns were going to make a move for him. I mean, there was a lot of rumors last year that the Browns were trying to work out a trade, sending like a David and Joku and something else to the Patriots to get Stephon Gilmore. You know, Greedy's been good, uh, but with Newsom hurt, and I was like, man, if you could get a, a a Pro Bowler like like him across the way from Ward, that defense has already looked good. It would make it so much better. But it's a great move by the Panthers. I mean. They've been surprising. I know, I think, Matt, you maybe had picked him to be the best out of the three of us, but I know yeah. I had him close to five. I think I had him at five. Or no, you can't be 500. I think I had him one game under 500 because you can't be 500 anymore. I but. am nine or ten wins on the cusp of the playoffs. They've been better than even what I had expected. Yeah. So adding and adding a guy like Gilmore just improves that defense even more. That offense has looked good. I mean, that – could be a game-changing move for them. That could really put them into the playoff race there and keep them in the playoff race for the NFC moving forward. Last but not least, sticking in the NFC and playoff contending teams, the Dallas Cowboys released Jalen Smith, who signed a extension. That was two years ago last year? 2018, I think they said. Okay, yeah. yeah, so a couple years ago, because we were all talking about, like, oh, wow, they're renewing him when, you know, Everybody's starting to think about what are they going to do with Dak in the near future. I, yeah, because they had to do Amari the year after yeah. and then Dak. I don't think that it's a living here. So, so maybe there's a different perspective nationally than here. Living here in Texas, there's a lot of people are talking about it as it's really not that big a deal. He has kind of been seeing like a decrease in snaps anyways. And then getting Micah Parsons, who I mean – I feel like he's been playing as not just one of the better rookies, one of the best linebackers so far this year. That That's really kind of helped push Jalen Smith out the door. They cut him this year. Yes, they have to eat the rest of his money this year, but it saves him, I think it was like $5 million on the cap this year and like nine, next year. $9 million next year, though. Yeah. Which is, yeah, it saves them a lot of money moving forward, which they've got. Um, They're going to have to do something about CeeDee Lamb pretty soon because. Yeah. 
Yeah, they've got Lamb, coming. and they've got somebody else too. I think it, I want to say it's someone else, maybe on the. I'd be Trayvon line. Diggs. Yeah, they, and yeah, it could be line. Diggs. So I mean, they they've got a lot of players they have to pay. So it makes sense to kind of save some money here and there. And again, when you have a guy like Micah Parsons playing the way he is, uh, but there was like a lot of people getting kind of freaked out mm-hmm. about it on Twitter. I think someone. I, I still think he's. I don't know that he's like a top end linebacker, but I still think he can help a team. So it's going to be interesting to see where he lands. Yeah, and there's rumors out there now that Green Bay is looking at him. That would be interesting. You would feel like a contender is going to try to add him because he's definitely a talented middle linebacker. My my thought was I'd love to even see him come to to Denver where we we have lost. Uh, you know, middle linebacker has been a question for a little bit, and we lost um, Josie Jewell is gone for the year. But uh, there's plenty of places. I think it's just what was has been surprising about today. Gilmore's turned into a trade, which is still surprising. But you don't see often these kind of marquee big franchise players getting moved like at this point in a season. So I think that's where some of the surprise has come. I agree with you. They Leighton Evander Ash is there for the Cowboys. They uh, they brought over those guys that are more familiar to Dan Quinn's system. So I think it's probably a little bit of, uh, of a scheme fit and a scheme change. And then with the way Mark Micah Parsons is playing, it doesn't, it makes some sense. Jalen Smith hasn't been a huge factor in the Cowboys defense. We've noted has looked a little bit better. Uh, this season and has been playing a little bit better. So they're they're making a good move for their team. It's just surprising to see some of these names floating already on the market. Yeah, and I mean, you, you're recruiting for the Broncos over here. Cleveland put Anthony Walker on the IR, I believe, today. So, uh, hey, Jalen Smith, come on down. We, pick, we wouldn't Pick the best team in orange, not the – not the other yeah. team. Hey, you never know, man. Denver, Denver's looking good. Denver's looking good, man. That's why I, I said the best team in orange. Oh, well, that's just kind of messed up. I mean, I <laughs> that just, just tell us about Hall of Famer Bob Harris. All right. Well, you're about to hear some rankings from Matt and I, but if you want a Hall of Fame fantasy football hall of fame perspective on rankings you got to turn to bob harris and the tools that made him a fantasy football hall of famer go to footballdiehards.com and get the flash update pro a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager rankings configurable cheat sheets mock drafts consistency tools target distribution snap counts and more anything you need to dominate in your league. Use the code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. So what are you waiting for? Head to footballdiehards.com and grab the Flash Update Pro today. All right, so let's jump into our rankings, and we will kick it off as we always do with the quarterbacks. I will give you my top guys really quick. And at number 12... I've got Russell Wilson obviously playing tomorrow night against the Rams. I do think this is going to end up being a good game. The, these two games, I or these two teams usually match up pretty well when they do play each other. I do feel like this is a game where they're going to have to rely on Russ and his magic a little bit with the way that defensive line can get after you. Chris Carson's looking like he may not play with, the with I think it's a back issue. So they're going to have to rely even more on him. I'm curious to see how... Metcalf, if he ends up lining up against Ramsey, because Ramsey's gotten the better of Metcalf recently, so this could be a big Tyler Lockett game, but I do think uh, Russell Wilson at the end of the day ends up having a pretty good game. At 11, I've got Kirk Cousins. 
He is going up against Detroit, had a bad game last week against the Browns. I think he bounces back. You know, he's been really good the first three weeks of the season, then struggles last week against what I think is a good Browns second uh, Browns defense, which I will say is why Justin Herbert is not in my top 12, which is crazy for me to say because I love Justin Herbert. But I've actually moved him down to 13 because I think the Browns defense is going to do pretty good even on him. Uh, so I think Kirk Cousins gets a little bit of a bounce back, luckily going up against the Detroit Lions. At number 10, I have Aaron Rodgers. He gets Cincinnati. Um, I actually think that could be a good game. Cincinnati's defense has been pretty good. But the one thing that we talked about, well, we, we both kind of were surprised when we did this show last week was Cincinnati's been very good against the run. Now, James Robinson kind of shoved that down our throats last Thursday, but up until that point, they had done a good job. I think Aaron Jones is still going to have a good game, but they may contain him a little bit, so I think Aaron Rodgers is a guy they rely on. That secondary still is a little questionable to me. You got Devontae Adams. I think those two are going to have a really good game. That brings me to nine, which I have Trey Lance. This burned me last time. When I put Justin Fields up there with his first start, had a horrible game. Arizona's front has been very good, but they've still allowed a lot of passing yards and they've gotten burned. We've seen them in a lot of shootouts this year. I think we could see another one here. So I'm, I'm putting Lance up here. We talked a little bit about I mean, this yesterday. They just held Matthew Stafford to his worst game of the year. I know, I know. But they the, before that, I, I don't I don't know. I'll I tell know. you what, I don't even have Trey Lance in my top 25. Well, that's where we're going to see who's right. I don't know. I, I just, with, with his rushing upside and everything, I'm, I'm all in. And like I said, maybe I, I I messed up last week. So, or no, two weeks ago. I want to put Fields up here. You know, maybe I just believe in these in these rookies too much. But I mean, you were the one on Monday that said it didn't look like he was ready to be a professional quarterback. So I know. Hey, I, I you know, I, I, I said you hold up the check that Trey Lance's mother sent you yesterday. I can't because it's a lot of money and I don't want to upset anybody. It's like a whopping whole fifty one dollars. It's, it's it's making me happy today. Uh, no, it's funny You're just because trying it's to hurt me. You have Kirk Cousins and Trey Lance. I don't know what to do with this. It's just like what I said about Fields. I said Fields. I thought would start by week three. Granted, it wasn't because of like poor performance by Andy Dalton. It was an injury. And I said the same thing, though, about the 49ers. It's like, Lance is going to get in, he's going to start, and they're going to go to the playoffs. Like, I think what he can do with his legs, and he's clearly a, I don't want to say a better passer. How do I want to put this? He's got more zip on his ball than Jimmy Garoppolo does. He's got those weapons. I just trust Kyle Shanahan to be to scheme it to where, like, dude, look, like this is exactly almost like what Sean McVay used to do with Jared Goff. It's like, like literally up until the last second that they cut the mic off in the helmet. It's like this is exactly where you're throwing it. We see what their defense is doing. Do it. So I, I don't think it's a relatively tough matchup. I think they're going to have to score to keep up with the Cardinals, who clearly have the best offense in the NFL right now. So I'm all in. Give it two rushing touchdowns, maybe. Who knows? Like, I, I think it's going to be a big day for Lance. At eight, I have Tom Brady. They've got Miami. Miami's defense has not quite been as tough as we thought they were going to be. I don't think this is really going to be a tough game for Brady. Losing Gronk, I think, might hurt him a little bit because those two really seem to be off to like their old Patriots days. Did they? I thought they said he's missing this week because of the ribs. Is he? Is he back this week now? He came, he came back to questionable okay they, cool. he has a projected score i believe 
Well, that would be even better for him, obviously, because those two have had a really good connection. At seven, I have Jalen Hurts. Again, uh, he gets the Giants, who I'm sorry, Carolina, who we saw last week, you know, struggled a little bit. We talked we talked they had a pretty easy schedule early on when they had the best defense in the NFL, considered by most. Uh, but Hurts, I think he's been more and more impressive every single week. Uh, I think he's going to have go out there again. I, we talked a lot about this. I don't think there's much else to say. He's going to be a QB in the QB one group for me every single week based on just his rushing upside. And I think they're going to be behind a lot. So I think he's going to have to pass the ball a lot. That puts me at seven, right? Which is Dak Prescott. Uh, yes, Dak against the Giants. Hasn't been running that much, but when he's been passing, he's been very effective. You know, he's almost looks like he hasn't missed a beat from last season when he got hurt. He's got all the great weapons. Um, even though I think they could rely on Zeke and Pollard again a lot, I think just with the efficiency that he's been passing the ball with, Dak is going to be a top seven QB. And we're stopping at seven, right? I'm not misremembering that. Um, usually you do 12 to six and then the top five. Because I can do six as well. And that is going to be, who is my six? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can't do six. Why don't you give us yours? Because I just actually yeah. I exited out of my rankings. So let's not let's not keep that air. <laughs> I uh, at twelve I have Jalen Hurts, the Eagles. I know they're playing Carolina, but that rushing he seems to still be right around there. Although I will say I don't feel good about it, but I haven't felt good ranking Jalen Hurts at all this season. So why should that change? Number eleven is where I drank the Kool Aid. I put Matt Ryan. Um, they got their passing game going again. They're playing the Jets in London. Um, those London games are weird. The Jets have not been great. Uh, Ten, I have Tom Brady, Buccaneers. Number nine, Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. I think that is going to be an up-tempo game. Number eight, I have Aaron Rodgers for the Packers. Seven, I have Matthew Stafford of the Rams. And at six for me, Justin Herbert for the Chargers. I know that it's a good defense, but... I believe in the fighting Justin Herbert. Uh, not, I did knock him out of my, you know, my inclination would be to put him top five. So I, I gave him a, 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 he got knocked out of the top five because I have my respect for Cleveland's defense. Okay, so I gave all my quarterbacks. I just completely butchered this order. I was looking at the wrong thing. It was Lance at 12, Wilson at 11, Rodgers at 10, Cousins at 9, Brady at 8, Hurts at 7, Dak was 6. So that's why I was confused because I was looking at this like, I know I've given all my top like 6 to 12, but that's the correct order that I have them in. So a little bit bit lower on Lance. I'm at 12, you know, not 9. I was. I apologize. I was, had him just like By up Friday, you're going to have him at QB 30. No, he'll be QB two by Friday. Maybe. Jimmy J- Jimmy Garoppolo will name the starter. Oh, if Jimmy G is named the starter, then Jimmy G will come in and probably be QB like seventeen, and Trey Lance will be dropped. Obviously. Um. So let's go into then my top five. At five, I have Matt Stafford again. They get Seattle. I think this is going to be a good matchup. I think he bounces back. Tough week last week. I don't know that all that was on Stafford as well. A lot of weird play calling in that game. We saw McVay kind of come out and say they need to get Robert Woods the ball more with things that have been going on. So I think the Rams bounce back against the Seahawks secondary or and really defense that has just not looked that good. At four, I have Sir Patrick Mahomes going up against Buffalo. Buffalo has a really good defense. I, I was debating on moving Mahomes down even further, but I think – with as good as that defense has been, so is that offense outside of week one against Pittsburgh. 
And I do think Buffalo is going to easily be able to move the ball on the Chiefs defense. We've seen every offense has been able to move the ball. So Mahomes are going to have to pass and play keep up to stay in this game. So I think Mahomes just he's not going to fall out of the top four or five. At three, I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, Baltimore gets Indy doesn't really seem to be a tough matchup for anybody so far this year. Lamar has been good, whether using his legs or beating you from the pocket. I think that continues at two. I have Kyler Murray. I've been saying that I'm going to keep him up at one San Francisco's defense though, scares me more than the chiefs. And that is why I have Josh Allen at one. Yep. Uh, five for me. I have Dak Prescott. I wish I knew how to quit you. Uh, number four, I have Lamar Jackson. Uh, three for me, Kyler Murray. I think he's going to have a good game. Number two, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Um, and number one, Josh Allen. All right, yeah, that's going to be a very, very good game. I'll let you take over running backs right. first here, and then I'll go second. Running backs at number 12, I have Najee Harris. Uh, Denver's got a good defense, but Harris seems to be getting uh, involved in both spots. Uh, number 11, I have Nick Chubb. Uh, I still I still like my boy, Nick. Uh, number 10, I have James Robinson. They finally started giving him the ball and were successful last week. Hopefully, Urban Meyer not only learned from his personal conduct mistakes, but also his coaching conduct mistakes. Uh, nine, I have DeAndre Swift uh, for the Lions. At eight, Saquon Barkley. I like the way he's trending. Um, I know that they are playing the Cowboys, but I think that's going to be an up-tempo game, and he's being involved in the passing game and in the running game. Slayton and Shepard are still ailing, and you never know how long Kenny Galladay has got. Seven for me is Aaron Jones for the Packers, and then six Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. They are starting to feature him again, and that's been nothing but good things. All right, so at 12 for me, I have Cordero Patterson, because why not? He's listed as an RB for everybody. I think you've got to continue to ride the hot hand. They're getting the Jets. You just talked about how you have Matt Ryan very high in your QB rankings. I think Patterson's going to go out there and do it again. There's no way I can keep him out of my top 12. At 11, I've got James Robinson. I agree with you. It was great to see them finally start giving him the ball. I think that that continues. We saw how good he was last week. We saw how good he was last year. That's going to continue moving forward. At 10, I have Jonathan Taylor. Gets Baltimore, tough defense, but hopefully after the comments made by Reich earlier this week that they want to get him the ball more because of how good he is and what we saw last week, he's going to get the workload. I, I do want to say on Taylor, at least up until last week, I, I would assume that hasn't changed. I could be wrong. He had the most carries inside the red zone and hadn't scored. That just seems like a weird stat that's going to correct itself over the season. Once he starts scoring, he is going to be likely, I think, a top five running back. I think he's going to start getting into the end zone a little bit more, so so he's going to continue to shoot upwards. Um, at nine, I have Austin Eckler. You know, Cleveland has been decent against running backs, but I think the fact that he can catch the pass, that he catches passes as well, we've seen them kind of working more toward that too after the shutout in Week One. Uh, he's he's definitely done a better job. I think Eckler can have a good game again. Linebacking is the linebackers for Cleveland are their biggest weakness on that defense. As good as that defense has been the past couple weeks, that worries me. We saw Dalvin Cook was he was injured in that game, and there was times that he was slashing them up front and then catching passes for some big plays. So I think Eckler can do that this week. At eight, I have Nick Chubb. You know, I just I can't. He's the best running back in the league, and I think after. 
Baker's dealing with a little bit of a shoulder issue and what we saw last week, and they just kept trying to throw the ball in that Minnesota defense. I think you're going to struggle to throw the ball in the Chargers defense to get this offense rolling again. They're going to have to lean on the run. Until Jarvis comes back, I'm worried about this pass attack. So I think it could be a Chubb and Hunt game. I actually have Hunt inside my top 16. I think that those two guys are going to be big for them this week. At 7, I have DeAndre Swift. You know, I saw we saw what Chubb and Hunt were able to do against them last week. Swift, uh, even though they've come out and said that it's going to be defense dependent, Swift is just too damn good. Uh, I think he's going to be perfectly fine uh, this week. Oh, and then six, I'm sorry, Dalvin Cook going up against uh, the Detroit offense as well. Or defense. Well, he's not playing the Detroit offense. All right, give it yours. Oh, did you freeze? Um, so I will go ahead and uh, continue with my top five. Um, I have Austin Eckler He at five. Um, it's not a great matchup, but he's running. He's catching. Uh, number four, I have the team picture for the New Orleans Saints, Alvin Kamara. Uh, number three, Dalvin Cook. At two, it looks like McCaffrey's tracking to play, and if Christian McCaffrey plays, I want him in my lineup, so I put him up there. And then number one, Derrick Henry, who's just been on fire. Yeah, I don't have CMC in mind right now because I haven't heard if he's going to play or not. I didn't want to rank him. If he does play, he will be my number one so at five, I have Alvin Kamara gets Washington, but we've seen that's not necessarily a scary defense, uh, at least so far this year. At four, I have Ezekiel Elliott going up against the Giants. I think he's going to continue to have a good game. Number three, uh, I put Barkley at three. I, I think, you know, what you mentioned earlier, yeah, uh, they're going up against a very good Cowboys defense. But with Slayton and Shepard out, we saw how much they targeted him last week. I think that continues too. As much as I think Aaron Jones and Cincinnati, Cincinnati's been so good against the run. You know, we we've talked about he's he's one of their key guys. It really seems to be the Rodgers, Jones, Adams show. I think that they're going to rely heavily on those three. So Jones, I think at the end of the day, still has a very good day. And then as of right now, I've got Derrick Henry at one. He's just been phenomenal. No reason to moving him off that spot again. If CMC plays, he'll probably move up to one or two for me. But right now, I'm not ranking him because I'm not 100% sure that he plays in week five. Going to wide receivers. So for me, at 12, I have... Uh, Jamar Chase getting Green Bay's defense might seem a little bit crazy, except they announced today that Jair Alexander, Alexander probably is not playing this week. I think that's huge. He's their best cornerback, usually a travel cornerback. I think that uh, Jamar Chase is in for a big day, especially if he sits at 11. I have Terry McLaurin going to get against New Orleans. A little worried about this one because Marcus Lattimore has looked like he's back to his old ways of being able to shut down wide receiver ones. He's done a good job of that so far this year. Um, granted, that does make me worry a little bit about Terry McLaurin, but he's just been so good this season that I just don't think you can sit him, and I think that he is a top 12 option every single week. At 10, I have Calvin Ridley. Jets defense has been very good against the pass, but realistically, outside of Cordero Patterson, Ridley really seems to be the guy. Um, they're trying to get Pitts involved, but he's just not really doing much, so it's Ridley for me at 10. Nine, Adam Thielen 
gets Detroit, should score some touchdowns. I think he's in for a big day. Eight, DeAndre Hopkins going up against San Francisco. Number seven, I have Stephon Diggs. I, I mentioned earlier, I think that's going to be a shootout game. Stephon Diggs should be a recipient in that. And then number six, after the week that he had last week and really the start of the season he has had, I've got DJ Moore going up against that Philadelphia Eagles secondary. So at 12 for me, I have Amari Cooper. Um, one of those Cowboys is, I still think is going to hit. I am betting on him. Number 11, Debo Samuel. He seems to be getting huge plays. He seems to be the receiver that's doing things. Uh, 10 for me, I have Calvin Ridley. Not ready to quit on him. Nine, Tyler Lockett. I do think Metcalf ends up getting Ramsey, um, which puts it a little bit more on Lockett. It's, you know, it's always a toss-up between those two, but that's that's my gut feeling right now. Uh, number eight for me, Keenan Allen. Um, you know, he got 11 targets last week. He seems to be the the guy that's getting targeted. I still like Mike Williams, but uh, Allen seems safer. Seven for me, Terry McLaurin. Um, man, t- Taylor Heineke is looking for him. Logan Thomas went on IR. So I think that means even more McLaren. Uh, And number six for me is Justin Jefferson. Oops, wrong button. All right, at five for me, I have Debo Samuel. I expect that game to be a shootout. I've got Trey Lance having a big week. Debo's likely the recipient of that. At four, Tyreek Hill. Again, that game should be a shootout. At two, I have Cooper Cup. Um, again, another game I think is going to be really good at, I'm sorry, yeah, three Cooper Cup. At two, Justin Jefferson gets the Detroit uh, defense. Had a pretty good game against Cleveland last week, most of it coming on the, that touchdown drive, though, and then him getting the touchdown. Uh, I think he's going to have pretty good success against the Detroit secondary. And then number one uh, will continue to be Devontae Adams until he is on a bye. Number five for me is Stephon Diggs. Uh, I think Buffalo – going to get going uh, there. Number four for me is DJ Moore. Um, they just seem to have great chemistry, him and Darnold. Even against uh, Diggs last week, he was able to get a couple of touchdowns. Number three, Cooper Cup, uh, number one target for the Rams. Number two, Tyreek Hill. Uh, and number one is Devontae Adams. And then should I just jump on to tight ends? I think we're just going to do yeah. all 12 because – Yeah, let's just do all 12. Tight end, what a, what a crapshoot. Number 12 for me is Rob Gronkowski. I will say this morning he was tracking toward playing. I discounted him because he's injured. Um, but now that said, he didn't He didn't actually make it out to practice this afternoon, so now I'm nervous. Number 11 is Dalton Schultz for me. He seems to have great chemistry with Dak, and they're really using the tight ends. Um, it kind of reminds me of the old Jason Witten glory days. Number 10, Tyler Higby for the Rams. Uh, seems to be consistently getting in the target mix. Number 9, Noah Fant. I am a little bit concerned because it seems like Drew Locke may start. Um, I don't know what to make of the Broncos. Number 8, my boy Dawson Knox. Uh, just out there having a killer season. Number 7, Dallas Goddard. Seems to be the kind of top target there for uh, the Eagles. Number 6, I still have George Kittle. Um, you know, he... Hasn't had quite as huge of a season, but I feel like a game's coming. Number five, going to uh, make Matt laugh, but I went with Kyle Pitts. I think this is the week. Uh, Number four, Mark Andrews. Three, TJ Hawkinson. Two, Darren Waller. And number one, until the end of time, Travis Kelsey. Yeah, you're you're actually – 
gonna laugh right back because guess who I have at five? Kyle Pitts, not quitting him. Uh, at oh, 12, hey, so that that means for sure you should start Kyle Pitts this week because when you and I are on the same page, that's never gone wrong before. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, at 12, I have Noah Fant uh, because I agree with you. I love Fant, but I am worried a little bit about Locke. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense has been okay, not great. Uh, Locke getting out there starting hopefully should mean good things for Fant, but I've, I'm a little bit worried, so I've got him down at 12. At 11, I have Dalton Schultz. He's been amazing. The Giants are beatable up the middle. You know, maybe Jarwin gets a touchdown here, but I think Schultz has really been the guy. So I'm, I'm going with him. At 10, I have Tyler Higby going up against Seattle. I know I feel like he's been almost non-existent the past couple weeks now in this offense, but I'm, I'm keeping him up there because I just – I think – I don't know what I think really anymore. Tight end sucks. That's what I think. At where are we at? At nine, I have Dallas Goddard going up against Carolina. He's been really good. Seems to be one of the main targets for Jalen Hurts. At eight, I have Mike Gesicki going up against Tampa Bay. At number seven, I have George Kittle. I'd love to move him higher, but man, they're just, he just missed a touchdown last week, but just feels like he's not a main part of this offense. At six, I have our guy Dawson Knox. Again, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game against Kansas City. I think he's in for a big game. As I mentioned, five, I have Kyle Pitts. Four, I have TJ Hawkinson. I know he's had two down weeks in a row. He's one of the best tight ends in the game. He's not moving far off here because once he does get back into the groove, he's going to be good to go. Three, Mark Andrews against Indy. Two, Darren Waller, the baller at Chicago. And then number one, again, every single week, even when he's on a bye. Travis Kelsey. So, you know, you've heard us talk in this rankings a lot about the shootouts that are going to happen this week. I have great news for you. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has a week five offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. That's right. All you need is a single point from either team in the game you bet on. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with daily fantasy sports contests, and DraftKings is giving new customers free shots at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN. Throw down a $1 bet on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Can't get much easier than that. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's preview the Thursday night football game here between the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. For the Rams, Darrell Henderson and Tyler Higby, Taylor Rapp, Johnny Munt are all questionable, though McVay did say today that he's pretty confident Darrell Henderson will play. 
The Rams stumbled last week, and they can get back. Can they get back on track for with a d- tough divisional game? Yeah, I think you know we all thought the Rams were probably going to win the NFC West. They have very lofty in, uh, aspirations. You can't lose a bunch of division games. They they suffered a tough loss to Arizona last week. I think they need to go back and get back on the road. I'm not worried about Henderson. If he played last week, I think he's certainly going to play this week. He looked good last week. Sonny Michelle also had a huge fumble last week. I think that probably didn't endear him to Sean McVay. I think the players are going to go out there and play. I expect Stafford to snap back. Prior to last week, he was averaging 300 yards and three touchdown passes a game. I think he gets back on track. We've seen Seattle's defense has struggled and been beatable even at home. So I expect good things from the Rams. Yeah, right there with you. I mean, the the, the Seahawks defense, as you just mentioned, has not been great. I think that uh, the Rams, again, a little bit of weird play calling last week. I think Robert Woods is going to get more involved based on the comments Sean McVay made today. Getting Darrell Henderson back I think could help them out because I'm with you. The fumble by Sony Michelle probably not great for him. He's not going anywhere, but him being maybe the starting running back. Obviously, Cooper Cup has been amazing. Tyler Higby, as I mentioned, I think could have a pretty decent game here. I think this is going to be a really good game uh, tomorrow night. So I'm all in on the Rams offense, at least all of those guys, which is probably the entire Rams offense. On Seattle's side, you've got Gerald Everett is out. DK Metcalf, Dwayne Eskridge, Chris Carson are all questionable. Carson is the one I'm the most worried about here because he is dealing with the back issue, um, and he seems to be the one that they're all kind of more hesitant on saying will play tomorrow. If he doesn't, are you trusting putting Alex Collins in your lineup? No, and you know what? Even if he plays, I'm not trusting putting him in my lineup. Their running game has not been good. It wasn't good last week. I don't think on a short week against the Rams it's going to be much better. If the Seahawks are going to have a chance to win, they've got to be aggressive on defense and get one or two turnovers. And I think offensively, they have got to hit some big plays, put some scores on, and put some pressure on the Rams. That's kind of what you saw Arizona be able to do. They put up points, and they were able to get a couple of turnovers. Stafford threw an interception. Michelle got a fumble. That's really going to be the formula Uh, The Seahawks need to rely on some of that Seattle magic. I think it's going to be a bigger Rocket game, as I mentioned, because I think they'll end up putting Ramsey on DK Metcalf. That's what I would do anyway, because Metcalf seems like the more imposing target. But that's, you know, Russ needs to look like playoff Russ and not end of last season Russ. Yeah, and as I mentioned earlier, I think it's going to rely heavily on Russell Wilson for for them to even stay in this game. I'm with you. I think Ramsey likely travels with Metcalf. That's the way it's been the past couple of matchups, and and I think Metcalf has gotten him one out of the past couple. Uh, Ramsey has done a pretty good job of shutting him down. That'll be tough. Obviously, you can't sit Metcalf because all it takes is that one big play. And even if he only gets Ramsey once when it's a 50-yard touchdown, he made your day, uh, and Ramsey still could lock him up for the whole night. I'm with you. As you mentioned earlier, I think this could be a big Tyler Lockett game. I am also with you on the running backs. I'm not starting Chris Carson if I if I can avoid it. And if he's out, I don't think I'm plugging Alex Collins. And I know he scored a touchdown last week, but – that all that running game has not been good, and then you're going up against, in my opinion, one of the top three defensive lines in the in NFL right now with the Rams. So I'm avoiding that altogether. I am taking uh, the Rams to win this game. I just I honestly don't see much of a shot of Seattle winning it. Uh, Dennis took the Rams, as am I. Um, you know, I think 
if the Rams would have won last week, maybe you could see them having a little bit of a letdown game, but losing uh, that tough game at home to Arizona, I don't think there's any chance they're letting down. Yeah, they, they, I think, are in for a massive bounce back this week. So that will do it for us today. Uh, we will not have a show tomorrow, so enjoy the Thursday night football game again between the Rams and the Seahawks. And then Matt and myself will be back on Friday to recap the Thursday night football game and preview the rest of the Week 5 NFL slate. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?